What's up, y'all a little faith, and welcome to the 12th episode of season two of the Fagnostic Podcast. I'm your hostess, not your Moses, Matt Hayes, and if I'm still giving you episodes, it means that I am still looking for answers. Y'all, I don't even know how to describe the guest for today's show, but strap in, literally, and maybe get a cigarette and a bourbon ready for the afterglow. KJ Song, they them, is the queer queen of acapella body gospel. Defying stereotypes and belting through dogmatic Christian norms, KJ is at the forefront of inclusive praise and worship music. Check out their album, Gender Free Jesus, on Spotify. A seasoned song catcher and voice doula, KJ is a proud member of the City of Refuge UCC Praise Ensemble, a radically inclusive ministry of restoration. Their new EP, Sanctified, is available Friday, July 22nd. You can find KJ online under the handle at Queer Praise. The way KJ connects sexuality and the divine is unlike any other way I've heard described. As you'll hear in this episode, it's not about getting your dick wet. It's about getting your soul wet. And y'all, your soul's about to get wet. Now let's get one thing queer. KJ is here to pray. KJ, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today. Um, I just, um, we just kind of met on Instagram like maybe not even a week ago. Um, and I was like, I think you should be on my show. Uh, so thank you for being here. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, so first things first, are you a believer? Wow. You know, you sent me this question even before you were like, get prepped. And I said, <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to make a prepped response. I'm just going to respond in the moment. So that moment has arrived. <laughs> and I will say that yes. And more than that, I'm a knower. I'm a knower in myself. Okay. That, yeah, that for me, I I know in a greater power. I know in a, in a God, the God that that I define for myself. So there's there's belief and there's also a knowing with the capital K that what feels true for me in my life. I love that. It's That's so interesting. Relevant. Yeah. I will, uh, I'm, I'm going to revisit that. Maybe, uh, maybe I might revisit that concept after a, a good, strong edible and see where it takes me. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Take it and roll with it, boo. <laughs> uh, can you identify your pronouns for us? Yes, they, them. Thank you. Okay. So who is this God that you capital K know? Who is this God? <laughs> I am always finding out and asking myself the same question. Yeah. I, uh, I think if you ask me that any day, I may have a different definition. And to me, that's part of the whole point. Sure. I, sure. I, I love um, what Octavia Butler gave us around God, that God is change. To me, that's the simplest, most straightforward. It's not even a definition, but just an offering of something to, to lightly and lovingly hold on to. Um, who As, is this Octavia Butler? And can you tell Octavia them to, is, to say it louder yes. for the people that are not changing with their faith? For the, for the people in the back. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think those people are in the back. I think they're in the front yeah. fucking row, screaming as loud <laughs> as they can, refusing to change. Yes. Octavia Butler was a science fiction writer, a black science fiction writer who wrote Parable of the Sower, who wrote... Uh, all these, you know, I'm, I'm, even the names right now are, are, are blanking for me, but wrote these books back in the 80s, I believe, that to me really gave us a foreshadowing of what is currently happening right now. 
in real time in 2022 and just makes it simple, makes it simple. I think she was really channeling something that is actively happening at this moment and has a way of referring to God that felt that feels applicable to me and I know to a bunch of other folks who are in movement work and who may have had a let's say complex relationship with the word God and what God means but that God is change and change is the only constant that that beautiful paradox um, I love that because I, yeah. I get kind of irritated. I shouldn't say irritated. I understand why people say God is love, but yeah. it doesn't really serve what I think they're trying to purport because to some people, God is not love. To some people, God is hate. And we yeah. all use the same word God. But if God, but, but in my understanding of the divine, there's a fluidity to what the divine is at any given, like, like you just said, at any given moment on any given day. So if God has changed, it kind of allows grace for like what God is for you today. Today, exactly. God to me is just gratitude for getting to fucking Friday and getting to party yeah. this weekend. You know, Monday, God may be, you know, Jesus, please be a cup of coffee for this hangover from Sunday. That's um, right. <laughs> so God is adaptable. God is, you know, that's the whole uh, point to me that I love is that they, they, I refer to God as they, they defy definition. They defy definition. Yes. They're undefinable. And that's yep. part of the whole mystery and journey to me of life and my spiritual, I don't even want to yep. say quest, this path, everyday walk is that they are undefinable and that makes them endlessly sexy yep. and compelling to me. Yes. Um, I love that you talk about the sexuality of the divine. Uh, we're going to get, because there's also another thing on Instagram that I'm obsessed with right now that you did called God is my Dom, which <laughs> made me, it made my, it I'm made my butt. my shirt. It, well, it made your butt. What? <laughs> it, made, it made my butthole pucker to think about God is my Dom. <laughs> if I, wow. I'm gonna, I'm gonna receive that. That's that's where I feel Thanks. the Lord today is in my butthole. Come on! Oh, we were <laughs> have this conversation. Yes, so I, I know the people can't see this, but I do, I am wearing my shirt that says "God is my dom." Uh, that I'm is that is that merch available online? Not yet, but you better believe. Please. I'm thinking about getting myself a Shopify, getting it all. Look, look, you can get on teespring.com today and get that going. It, it costs nothing up front. It could be launched by next Thursday when this episode drops, and I guarantee you, oh. because oh. I, I have another thing that I'm going to actually launch this weekend, I think, because um, I, I you know Matthew Scott Montgomery, who was one of my oh, guests yeah. this season, and I oh. adore Matthew Scott. Um, I, I see him, not a lot, but I, I, I've seen him many times in the past couple weeks just for various reasons. I adore him. I root for him. Um, and But you're both from North Carolina, so I was thinking, like, how can I, like, you know the, the friend of the pod? How they, it's the, um, it's friend of the pod is what they call the, the, the listeners and fans of, um, oh, it's a political podcast that I used to listen to that I love um, from a bunch of like Obama staffers. And I was thinking, what if we call my listeners and fans friends of the fag? Come on. So I think that's um, a shirt I'm going to, I'm going to launch uh, this weekend. So you are now my first um, friend of the fag. Oh my gosh, what an honor. Listen, <laughs> I'll buy that shirt. I'll make you a God is my Dom shirt. You make me one of them. We'll deal, deal. We love some cross marketing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, so, but, so all that to say, so you to re- have reached this evolved, really expansive, fluid, 
um, relationship with the divine. How the fuck did you get there being from North Carolina? Great question. <laughs> I think that, I mean, that where, was- where, where in North Carolina are you from, first of all? I am from Shelby, North Carolina. I am from a pretty conservative town Yeah, that is close, you know, in between Asheville and Charlotte. So, and I will really credit it to say that it was inextricably linked and that for me, growing up around gospel music yeah. is what opened my path and my heart to feel the presence of God. Yeah. So when I would go to church to Shelby Presbyterian with my grandmother. Was that a PCA or USA Presbyterian? I don't even know. Was it really, was it liberal or was it conservative? Um, probably more conservative. I only went a couple of times with my grandma kind of to okay. appease her. Bless her. Her name was June. You know, may, may she rest in power. And I just remember going as a child and not feeling into it and not understanding it and feeling like, why are we standing up at certain times? And why do I have to wear this uncomfortable dress? And like my little child, I was just, what the fuck is going on? Like I didn't get, I didn't feel anything, but in my high school, I went to a majority black high school and our choir was just so fun. And mm -hmm. I was invited to take part in a gospel choir rehearsal that was separate from our school, but with a local church. I don't know why they invited me. So it was one of these little God interventions is what I call it. But yeah. I remember that first time really singing gospel. I was like, oh, is this the God that my grandma's been talking about? Oh, I get it now. Yep, yep, yep. I didn't get it at Shelby Prez. I didn't get it singing these stale old songs. But, you know, at the time, as a high schooler, I didn't understand the tradition. I didn't know where these songs came from. I didn't have the intellectual concept and understanding like, oh, these songs came out of slavery. Like this is from mm -hmm. the black community. Mm -hmm. All I knew is that as a little white kid, I was crying, bawling my eyes out and feeling something in myself open up that I never had. So that, yep. that connection to the South and that connection to gospel in the South specifically really set me on a path. Um, to explore more of that music and to develop a relationship with it over the years that I'm still very much a student on. Question, but, did, or how, and, and how do you identify sexually? Queer. Okay, because I, I, there's something queer about queer. AF. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's something about queer people in the South where they find their homes. Because for me, yeah. I was always really intrigued by Judaism. And I think it's because I saw this outlier group in the South that was kind of mm -hmm. marginalized. And I th thought, like, oh, they're different too. And I feel different. So we must be somewhat similar. So I'm wondering if that's a, some yeah. kind of correlation with you in the black community of like, this yeah. is a marginalized group that I'm, I'm finding refuge in because I feel marginalized by knowing that I'm different. Yeah. Thank you for that. I have not thought of that perspective yet. I didn't I didn't feel, I didn't have a conscious awareness in high school that I was queer. I knew that I had had crushes on girls and I kept that shit to myself, but it wasn't like I was at home shaming myself every day. Yeah. It wasn't like, I didn't feel closeted. I really, that wasn't a direct part of my experience, but um, I just remember feeling a sense of home in the black churches that I would go to, feeling a sense of welcome, not understanding it again in my brain, but something felt deep and right in my body yep. that I didn't understand at the time. But yeah, that sense of being an outcast of, of, as you said, being in a marginalized community and 
you know, I, it's been a, a big journey of my own white awakening of how to sing this music in a way mm. that is with the reverence I feel in my heart. Like I'm yeah. not trying to like, look at me. I'm a gospel singer. Like I'm yeah. the white kid singing gospel. Like I didn't, it's not about yeah. me drawing attention to myself. It is that it gets me in the gut and in the soul more than anything yep. does. And, and in a lot of ways opened me up to queerness too along yeah. the line. So they're, they're very linked in that regard, but it's, I credit that tradition in the South with, yeah. with my relationship with God. It's so interesting because uh, I, I went to Auburn University, which you probably know because you're from the South as well. And, you know, it's, it's our religion down there um, outside of our denomination. And I, I did the gospel choir at Auburn and I was probably one of three or four white people in about a hundred member group um, singing gospel music. And I remember like for our concerts, you know, we, we all, including the white kids would wear our dashikis and, I, you know, the choreography for like, keep your hand on the plow. Um, and I just like, thank God that group welcomed me. But looking back, I'm yes. like, what a what a walking appropriation of culture I was. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> who like who let me in that group? But but also thank God because yeah. that there was something. Even though I do believe that the black church is one of the final frontiers of, of equality because it still is very you know, not accepted in the mainstream black church, but there was something so flamboyant about black worship that I just really resonated with that allowed yes. me to, to not feel so yes. stifled in how I interacted with the divine, but I was able right. to like, you know, I mean, swish a hip or like, you know, throw a hand, uh, you know, limp wrist up and, and I don't know how, if that makes sense, but. It makes I'm, all the sense. I love that you, that's, that was your experience too with, with that community's culture yeah. of worship. I felt that there was permission to actually really praise and there, there was space yes. for grief. I don't see, I had not seen a lot of space for grief in, you know, Southern white churches. Granted, I didn't go to that many, but yeah. um, what I have been very blessed to experience in the, in the black churches that I've attended is that there is full permission for the whole spectrum Yeah, and that it's not just welcomed, but encouraged and to me, that just speaks directly to the human experience. Like, yes. oh my God, that that you can show up no matter what you're going through and boohoo, ugly cry, yep. and then have that directly transition into a praise dance. That's just honest. Yeah. And that, you know, that I know that comes out of a pain that I will never understand as a white person, that I yep. will never fully comprehend. And that that comes from the tradition of being in the darkest of dark places and finding joy and hope anyway. Yes. Do you know Alvin Slaughter? Not yet. He, uh, that, that's your homework for this weekend. Uh, Alvin right. Slaughter, is, he was in Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir back in the 80s or 90s, I forget. Um, but he's a pretty successful gospel musician. I mean, at least from my perception, he's a song called Holy Spirit Rain Down. I don't know if he wrote it or not, but it's Holy Spirit Rain Down, Rain Down. May your hope, uh, uh, may your joy be full. May we stand on uh, uh, as we stand on your word. Anyway, it's a, it's, it's, he and then he just like you know each time he sings that refrain it's a key change of course higher the key higher to heaven let's say that higher to heaven higher to god yes, <laughs> yes. I just keep modulating keep going up up yes. up i know i'm yeah. like we get it you're a tenor fuck off um anyway <laughs> um that's how this baritone feels anyway uh so how how did you end up in los angeles oh great question well i'm a newbie okay um and really you know I could say this about most things, but I felt compelled and I felt a calling and I really felt that God led me here. That's, that's in, as honest as I can be. And you're in Topanga. 
I'm in Topanga Canyon. It's correct? so funny because I, I was telling you before we hit record. Um, I mean, we just met digitally for the first time, like in the past 10 yeah. days. And on your Instagram, I was just like, I mean, in L you'll get to know this the longer that you live in L.A., but you can really figure out where people live just based on their essence. Um, <laughs> I mean, truly. And so when I started like seeing, oh, the giveaway? I was like, that bitch lives in Topanga. I just love it. <laughs> My little hat gave me away. No, no I, I love Topanga. It's so beautiful and serene so and hippie magic. and arts. It's you know what Topanga reminds me of is Asheville, North Carolina. Yes, it does, and that's where I'm. I mean, I'm very. I grew up going to Ash. Excuse me, Asheville a lot. Yeah. Because um, it was the closest place that felt liberal. So my parents oh. were from D.C. and you know, raised my sister and I very, you know, liberal, the only Democrats around pretty wow. much, or at least what it felt like on our little bubble of a farm. So we would go to Asheville to really exhale and to have a place to go see music and go see plays yeah. and yeah. you know, kind of be in more of the liberal vibe. So it's I such have, a cool town. I talk about it on this yeah. podcast a lot for, I don't know how it always comes up, but like I tell Angelinos, like, Y'all think you're liberal. Go to Asheville, North Carolina, and like you'll meet some real liberals who don't yeah. shower, they don't wear deodorant, they don't shave That's their right. legs, they <laughs> make everything they own, they eat, they grow everything they own. Like right. I fucking love Asheville. Um, yeah. The Panga felt res resonant in that way, and I've, you know, I'm a I'm a nature kid. I grew up on a, on a farm, like yeah. legit half an hour away from any any town. Um, and you know, Shelby was a half an hour away, so. Yeah, places where I can feel the quiet and hear an owl every now and then. That yep. that yep. is also a very direct part of how I feel and listen to God is having that quiet yep. in that nature time. I can't function in cities. I get it, but that's why I think mm -hmm. LA is so great. Even though it's a huge city of like what six million people, it's such a a nature infused city. Yes. Um, in that we have the largest urban park i think in the country uh being you know griffith park um but like even like where i live in i'm in hollywood um right behind the bowl and like it's even though there's a freeway a few blocks away the 101 like i have my hummingbirds i have all, i have my garden on my roof like i have i just you know my avocado toast this morning i made with my tomatoes from my garden and like you can't do that in any other big city but in la yeah. if you can really connect to nature here i mean it's just i, I love this place mm -hmm. I saw I, I saw a meme uh, last week that was I want to see it. I can't find it right now, but it was basically like overheard L.A. and it was saying um, someone's like, oh, like, you know, it must be so expensive to, you know, live in L.A. or whatever. You should come to Tampa. And the replier was like, bitch, I pay 13 percent on top of whatever you paid just to not live in somewhere like Florida or Texas. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that is a that 13 percent convenience tax just to call yourself a, a, a Californian. Uh, I don't mind paying it. I don't mind getting a side hustle just to live here. <laughs> that is a good reply. I'm gonna remember that. Thank you. Yeah. Look, it's on Overheard LA, the Instagram handle. So look, you'll, it's probably like pretty fresh in there actually. But you'll, look at it. You'll you'll appreciate it. Um, right. So you've been here for two weeks. That's crazy. Yeah. Are you yeah, loving it though? I am. Did you know yeah. anybody before you got here? I do. So I have some good friends who are in the house right next door. Um, I'm right. doing a sublet right now. We sing every day and that's, you know, they, they pray in a similar way that I do. And to me that those are my people. If we can pray out loud together and we can do some praise songs and have like consistent singing time, that's yeah. where I want to be. So you that's need to come over because I have my piano is set up in my corner window overlooking all of Los Angeles. And so it's very like, like piano, piano. 
I mean, it's it's an electric piano, but yes. So I um, I play. I'm trying to find an old upright piano that I can take the mechanics out of and put my and inst- install my electric piano, take it off its base and put it in the upright so that it's you know yeah. like they're doing concerts and stuff, so that you have the look of the piano. Um, but I play it every night, and I have um, I'm known for my sing-alongs. So my friends will come over. We do mostly show tunes, but I could definitely do a little gospel sing-along group. Um, oh yeah, collection. Great. Right. And I, I mean, I know you can't, people can't see this, but there's mine. Oh, I got yes. Hell yes. What, right what, do you, what do you play on? I, what even is this? The stage vintage? It's a Korg. I, I mean, oh, great. I have a, at my, I just moved from Nevada City and my piano is still there. Um, but I have a Yamaha P22. Oh, which is maybe that's yeah. like you know piano piano that's i love girl. corks too though i just got this piano probably my mom and dad got it for me for uh christmas a few years ago because i just i'd not had a piano out here and i missed playing and so they got it for me and it's changed my life and it's um really helped my mental health um but mine is a williams which t- from what i've been told is a it's a yamaha but williams just puts their name on it and they sell it cheaper i guess so it is um i think it's the same thing as a clavinova but i'm obsessed with it and it's got really good onboard speakers um i just i'm obsessed i'm so thankful it's like my if i'm getting stressed at work or whatever i just like close those windows or sometimes i don't and i just wail wail amen good wail good um, so what else? Like, so you you call yourself the voice doula, which I want you to talk about because that makes no sense to me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I, I know, I know, doula to mean like you know labor and delivery. Like, there's somebody that's assisting you in this process of right. you know bringing forth procreated uh, beings. But what is a voice doula? Well, it's very similar. So I started out as a birth doula and have always been a singer. Are you serious? And- Yes, I witnessed so much crossover between someone in labor and someone learning how to sing. And in essence, they're the same thing. You're bringing something from your insides to the outsides and not equating them because a human being is different than your voice. But there are also (laughs) there's also physiological crossover between the vocal cords and the cervix for people who have cervixes and sphincters involved in your vocal cords and anus you know there's so much parallel in the journey of bringing what is true from the inside to the outside and to me that's the role of a doula is to be present for that and to to be a space holder for what is greater coming out into the world it sounds like it's the spiritual supplement to pedagogy (laughs) Come on. I've been with that one for a bit. <laughs> I used to, you know, in, in college, I'm, my uh, degree is musical theater, but I was uh, music education first. So we had to take pedagogy classes where you teach people how to sing, which is a lot harder than it sounds, even if you know how to sing. But what you're yeah. doing is not just, it's not about the technique per se, it's although I'm sure all. you touch on it, but it's about how do you, how do you fucking emote? Like, how do you, how do you do what Linda Ronstadt did? How do you yeah. do what Eva Cassidy did? Correct. That and that is something that, you know, the folks that I work with, they come knowing that I'm not a technique person. I have that tool in my I did musical sure. theater as well. I studied voice for years. So I have that those tools in my toolkit. I'm not interested in that. When you address the energetic foundations of what's going on with whatever song has chosen you to sing it, 
the technique takes care of itself. Yes, it does. Be honest with yourself and learn your instrument and learn your like. Really, it's it's learning how you sound to not yes. imitate. And I, you know, there's so many voices that I would I wish I sounded like. But at the end of the day, what I have seen consistently in the people who come is that they want to sound like themselves. Yep. People want to sound like their true selves and to have not only acceptance, but an embrace of that. Yep. And that is to me, the role of voice doula. Because when we go to college, you lose yourself. You lose your voice because your teacher is trying to get your technique so accurate. So, and I love my college voice teachers. God bless them. I mean, like they have sustained me through many gigs and jobs, but you don't have it. I mean, I don't know what I sound like to this day. I'm just now getting to a place of erasing technique just to focus on spirit, on source. Amen. Good. And that, that, yeah, exactly. Technique, a focus on technique can really rob a singer and a person and a, the song of soul. The song needs to be honored. And if I really believe that songs choose us for reasons that defy explanation, that yeah. if a song quote unquote pops in your head, that is free medicine and it has chosen you to sing it. And so it wants your voice to sing it. It doesn't want Beyonce's voice to sing it. Maybe yeah. it did. Maybe she's the one who brought it through originally, but if it has come to you and keeps looping in your ear, it says, Hey, Either I have something for you or I need you to sing me to honor me. Yes. And that is the biggest, I mean, that's just one of the greatest honors as a singer is that you get to, lit- I mean, embody a song. It's like having sex. Yeah. You're welcoming it, an energetic entity and being into your body. That is sex. Yep. So there's all kinds of God in that. That's that's where I get the most turned on where, <laughs> where I was like, if I can... At any given time, I'm singing, sing like God is fucking me Mm. and like sing like I'm fucking God in return in like the most beautiful making love kind of way. Those are the kind of songs that bring people to tears. Those are the songs that break down walls within oneself and within the audience, whatever who's listening. And that's what that's what revolutions are made of. And that's what makes culture. Yeah. You, yeah. you know who who would agree with you is Dolly Parton. I mean, you know, the most Come famous on, song in the, in the world written by Dolly Parton, I Will Always Love You, and who made it even more famous is Whitney Houston in a whole new light. And, you know, people talk, you know, ask her all the time, you know, what does that make you feel like? She's like, um, why don't you look at my other house that I own now because of Miss Whitney Houston taking that right? song? But let's <laughs> let's transition now to um, God and sex, because what you just said really resonated with me in that in the idea of, of fucking God and God fucking you, um, which, you know, when I used to have I mean, I've only had one non gay sex, but when I used to have gay sex and that sounds like I don't have gay sex anymore, which is not far from the truth. We're working on it. Um, but when I used to have regular gay sex, I would be so like I, my, I, my religious trauma was so still, so still present that I could not say, Oh my God, during gay sex, because I would feel like that's like a reminder of sin a reminder of like church trauma. But now the things that I've worked through on the very rare occasion that I do have gay sex, um, I'm able to, to scream out, the divine's name and it, and it now instills a connection of like this is a spiritual like orgasmic oh. expression right now with me my partner or partners yeah. and the divine fuck yes oh i just can we celebrate that for you yes yes we like, can let's, i want to just give a <laughs> clap and like 
whatever your journey has been like, amen, you have come to that place. May there be more of that for you and more of that for the world. Honey, from your mouth to goddess's ears. Come on. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Oh, Jesus be a cheap trick tonight. (laughs) (laughs) You full of so lies. Oh, that's good. Oh, but talk, talk, yeah. but tell me about your your correlation between the divine and sexuality because it's it oozes oh, out of you. Where where do I even where do I even begin? I don't even know. They're they're inextricably linked. They're the same thing to me. Um, I, I I have a question that I, that I think may may lead into um, something juicy. I'm curious about your your specification of what qualifies as gay sex or not. And this is something I've asked myself is like, why, you know, why do I feel a need to qualify sex as queer that I like put an identifier in front of it as if it needs to be explained as like sex is sex. Mm. Do you you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I'm curious about that and what that means to you, like gay sex as opposed to what regular, what is quote unquote regular sex? I mean, for the sake of this, of this conversation vaginal sex but kj turned those tables around um on the the host because uh (laughs) no but that's such a brilliant question because it's i mean what is sex is it is it one is it and because it could just be one person it could be something that is with yourself so it's it's a connection to source to thought to energy to i mean potentially another person so yeah no you're so right sex is sex Sex is sex. Whether it's in the I, butt, in the mouth, in the vag, right. in the in nose. In your heart, in your spirit. All and over so your chest. Really, yes. to me, like, singing is sex. Harmonizing with someone is sex. Yes. It counts. Like, there is the presence of God there. You're bringing one entity and another. And what happens in the combination is not just one and the other. It is a third thing mm-hmm. born out of those two notes that is the harmony itself. Yep. And that's where non-binary comes in. That's where, you know, the whole spectrum comes. It's not one plus one equals two. It's one plus one is infinity. Yep. You know, when I first realized that, um, when I started correlating sex and art is when I uh, watched Ben Platt's Netflix special a couple years ago, his, his his show that he did. And all throughout his performance, Ben Platt, I'm so sorry, but I had a raging boner throughout this special. (laughs) Because I was so connected to what his music was doing to me and the thoughts I was having about, you know, past experiences, loves or whatever. Like there's I love that you I'm I, all weekend. I'm going to focus on this connection because it is so I think it's it brings about the most authentic performance one can have when it such an comes from such an intimate place. Intimacy. And that's what it boils down to. I, you know, I'm I'm in a process myself of, you know detangling on deconstructing sexuality and sex with being so carnal that like it's body based Mm -hmm. and like yes it can be like i love getting you pounding every now and then like fucking it out that's great what i have found more compelling and actually has me feel closer to the god that's in me and god as i know them is more energetic sex Mm. i was blessed to have an experience with a friend of mine a few days ago where all our clothes were on. There was no touching of any genitals on top of the clothes at all or my breasts. And it was the most profound, hot, 
like soul melting sex I have had in a very long time. And most people would say that doesn't count. You just made out all your clothes. I was like, I don't fucking care. That was sex. That was God. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's up to me. It's very much something I'm, I'm walking on, walking within my own journey, my own sexuality and seeing how less interested I am in the, in the carnal element. Like, yeah, every now and then. Great. That's fun. And who knows in a couple months or a couple of years, I might be like back on the fuck train. So, so back to God being your dom. Um, <laughs> how's that for a transition? Uh, how, <laughs> how the hell did that come up? And how many people have you gotten hate mail from? Great question. Um, I have, that's one of the ones where I have not gotten hate mail from. If anything, I have had more people say, oh my God, finally someone who understands with God is my dom in particular. Um, I identify as a kinky motherfucker. I love me a good scene. I love getting flogged. I love being a sub and a dom. I'm a switch. Um, And it's, you know. what What is flogged? Oh, a flog. Okay. So a flogger is a, to me, it's, it's a tool that is, it's a spiritual tool. Yes. Oh. And it's, it's not a whip. So a whip has like a single uh, thread on it and it has like a sharper sensation when it is struck on a body and a flogger has a number of different tendrils on it as they yes. can be made out of plastic. They can be made out of rubber. Leather. I have one that's made out of bison. So it's leather, bison leather. Mm. Um, which is just so earthy and grounding and, you know, on just rubbing it over your skin, it can be nice and soft, but when, when struck on the skin, it can be very thuddy and create an experience for me of, of release. Mm. You know, I, and I, I love to be flogged. I love to flog. I, I really approach it as a spiritual practice and as a way to land in the body as a way to loosen any energetic um, knots that may be held, that may be keeping me from receiving really the love of God more. Um, so that is- you're, I think it's, this is such an important dialogue that you're having out loud because there is such a, I mean, growing up in how we grew up and, and not you, cause it seemed like you were a little bit more liberal than, than most people in the South were, but there is such a, not even a shame about sexuality within the confines of the, the divine, but a, a confined rule following binary approach to sexuality that is enforced by the divine or from the practitioners of quote unquote, the divine who tell you that, you know, I mean, I, there was a, um, did did you ever go to a true love weights rally? No. Okay. So I did. And I, um, it's, it's basically where you sign your virginity away until you're married to God in front of all these people and they do it and they make you do it when you're like, and make you, they, I mean, it's these little like youth group things. So I was like probably 13 years old speaking in front of a group of other like middle school and high schoolers telling them in my prepubescent voice that had that sex (gasps) is a gift from God and that it's important to save yourself from marriage. Bitch, I couldn't even get a boner at 13. Come on. Come on. Um, I knew of those things and I I did not attend. But I'll say bless you on your journey with that. It looks like you have come a long way. Thank God for that. Yes. Um, So back to to the dom-sub relationship. Um, my, My draw towards kink did come out of a place of 
experiencing being in a submissive role, not with a sexual partner, with a person who just wanted to explore with me and feeling really close to my faith yeah. at that, in that scene and in that time. And what, what I realized in that moment and what has kept me compelled and interested in kink as a spiritual practice is that it is truly practice grounds for how I relate to God in my life and that I want them to call the shots. Having a good, there is nothing better than having a good dom, having someone that you trust, mm -hmm. having someone that you know has your best interest at heart that is listening to you and that has a sense of where you, who is tracking you who is tracking your minutia movements, who is tracking you energetically, emotionally, all that, and who is really there to give you an experience of total surrender and trust and that you get to experience another part of yourself. So that is what I've been blessed to experience in King Spaces. And then making that correlation and connection, I was like, oh, this is just how I want to be in my life, in my day-to-day -day, and my choices that, you know, when I'm just walking around to the grocery store, that God can come in and lovingly, be dominant and and hold space for me to be in the flow of my life and surrender. So, yeah, there. <laughs> when you say it like that, it makes perfect sense as to why God is a dom. Yeah, they're perfect the best sense. dom. They love they love it in my in my experience. It's like it creates such permission in me to really trust and have faith. And when I look at lyrics of different gospel songs and Christian songs, like there could be a kinky interpretation of so many gospel yes. songs and of quote unquote Christian songs about like, hand it all over to God. You know, like I, I trust in you, God. Nothing, and nothing but I, the blood of Jesus. I mean, there's right, a- Right, right. There's what? some kinky <laughs> shit in there. What and, code and, is that? Yeah. Right. And I, I know that there's definitely judgment that people have around that. Um, but they're going to judge us for for anything else that we do as queer people anyway. Things. So like, just, fuck it's off. A fun, yeah, so fuck off. It's a fun perspective to play with. It's a fun thing to try on for me because what I have found is that the things that I've been the most maybe hesitant to share, like on social media, like a picture of my choir robe next to my flogger, thinking, oh God, I'm going to get so many haters. It's actually been quite the opposite. Yeah. Really, yeah. that people have said, that's how I approach it too. I've never known how to put words to this. Um, I was going to say, what you're doing is articulating what I think most people feel. I mean, like, that, I, you know, yeah. you look at like, I think about my straight girlfriends and even myself, like there's, you know, we've got our fuck boys and like when the dick is good, the dick is good. And like, you can't, <laughs> you know, so like if, when you're experiencing those sexual, you know, uh, liberations that, that make, that hit that spot, not just physically, yes. but emotionally and spiritually, yes. you cannot yes. say no to it because it is such a high, it's such a connection to yes. something outside of yourself. Outside of, and, and inside of yourself, but not even necessarily physically, as you said, but to the God that lives inside of you. Yep. And that is, you know, there's transcendence and then there's, you know, it's not so separate from oneness within yourself yep. yes it's not a leaving of my body all the time sometimes it's nice to leave my body and check out a little bit because shit gets hard sure. in here she's crazy in here but to have an embodied experience and that's why i love flogging because it brings me back into my body yeah boom brings yep. me right to the present moment yep. and then i remember oh i don't have to go outside of myself to experience god they're in me right now mm, literally literally 
deep throat with God all the time. All amen the and amen. Time. It's <laughs> interesting because like I, you know, gay men I think are, are known or at least purported to be more sexually open and honest about sexuality than, than females are, which I actually think is bullshit. It's just that, you know, okay. there's been, I think both parties are kind of involved in that narrative. But, um, yeah. but one of the reasons that I, I, I mean, I have, I, of course, I've watched porn. I don't look at porn to get off. I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't thrill me. It doesn't ex excite me um, because I think, what, and I, I've never really understood it other than the fact that I've had like an ex who could only get off with porn and stuff like that. But I think what it is now that I'm seeing next to this conversation with you is that it's because it's not tapping into that spiritual, that spiritual Correct. G spot. And that, Come that on. spiritual G-spot is just as important spiritual as the physical. Jesus spot. <laughs> this, oh my God, the spiritual Jesus. The Jesus spot. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. I, I similarly, porn doesn't do it for me. It never yeah. has. And like no shade on anyone yeah. who like that's where they find their arousal. Like do what works for you. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. For me and my Eros and the way that that energy flows through me just seeing the visual of it, I can tell if people are really connected or not. I can tell if they're tapped into their souls. And from the limited amount of porn that I have witnessed, I didn't get that impression. And to me, that doesn't turn me on. Yep. I'm way more interested. I would rather watch a old couple, you know, who's known each other for 50 years, mm. like really love the human and the God in one another like make love or just kiss. Oh, that does more for me and my spirit. That that melts the heart. That Say that again. Love the human and the God in one another. Yeah, that they just, they see, they don't expect perfection from one another. They've been through a journey. They've disappointed one another. They've hurt one another. They've been by each other's side. And that, to me, that's what I long for. That's the kind of relationship that I, I pray to, have and I know that I'm building that with different friends and people in my life currently. Yeah. That you know, Lord willing, if I get to be in my 80s and 90s, that I can have those kind of friends and lovers and people in my life that we've been through the fucking ringer together. Hell yeah. And it shows in the way we look, and it it shows in a way that you maybe can't see visibly with your eyes, but you sense. Mm -hmm. And that sense is what's important. That sense is what turns me on. Hell yes. Hell yes. So you found people that are of like mind here in LA. Yes. Wow. That's fantastic. <laughs> and and you and, and I want to find more. <laughs> I, well, I, it, like I said, it oozes out of you. So I, I feel like you'll attract what you are. And, and I have no doubt, especially over in Topanga. Those fuckers are crazy. So <laughs> <laughs> you'll find, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I love Topanga. Those are great. This bitch is crazy over there. <laughs> <laughs> I love Topanga. I love Topanga. Um, where is Nevada City? Nevada City, bless it. It is about eight hours northeast of here. It's close to Lake Tahoe. Um, Why did you live there? It's <laughs> a great fucking question. <laughs> I lived there. A dear, dear friend of mine who I just absolutely cherish uh, lives there and I love the land that he tends. I love being close to the Yuba River. It's a very magical river. And I had an invite to be there. And so it was, it was very isolated. It's it's a beautiful place to have like a residency, to have um, a hermit experience. And I need that every now and then. Yeah. I need that yeah. to kind of clear my channels. Um, 
And ultimately, it was a little lonely. You know, I, I need more people. I want to be closer to where the music is happening and closer yeah. to where you know, singing in groups is happening. And, that, you know, this place, will, you know, it's it's always a home. It's a home I can return to. Um, I know that. I'm very blessed in that regard. Um, and I'm a migratory bird. I, 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 I go places in different seasons and... I mean, really, truly where I feel called and where, where God is like, hey, there's something here. Go here. So that's what I'm doing. That's so, it's <laughs> incredible. Uh, it's, I just, I don't think I've ever met anyone like you before. Yeah, and you also are like helping to find things in my head that I think I've had thoughts about, but you're, you're helping me connect pieces that are really, I'm excited to explore. I'm so grateful to hear that. What are what are you doing musically? I mean, because music is is such a a, a sexual spiritual experience for you too. Yeah. Um, aside from helping people find their inner divine yeah. through voice, what else yeah. is going on? Perfect day for you to ask. I um, as of yesterday, received the final versions, mastered, mixed, and mastered of three songs that to me represent my journey as a queer person of faith. And the EP is called Sanctified. It will be out soon, maybe even soon after this episode is released. Great. Um, but I, I've been in a songwriting. I mean, I'm always writing songs. I'm always catching songs. Like, it's just, yeah. it's how I have fun. It's how I commune. It's how such I as, Such as the, the God is my Dom song. And correct. That one, I was just driving one day. And I opened up my mouth and that shit came out and I laughed. I laughed so hard. I was like, are you kidding? I was like, God, are you for real? Like, this is the song I catch today. And it happened to be a hit. Um, but I, I have a few songs that I recorded a little over a year ago that are from a more tender place. You know, so some of the songs I, that come through are comedic and they're funny. And, you know, God made me queer. God made me gay. Mm -hmm. um, that's the one I see the most hate on. Oh, my God. The, pff, the haters came after me on that one. But these represent more of a tender side and more of a side of me that does have doubt, more of a side that I don't know if it's an attribution to conditioning or not, but that that have me say, hey, I know I'm different. Like, you still love me, right? That my insecurity, I, you know, that when my insecure attachment with God comes up, which, which is small in me and I'm grateful for, but the part of me that, that wonders, like, do you like you really made me this way? Mm -hmm. Like for real, for real, you made me this way. So these songs represent that, and they're they're from a very tender place in me, um, and they're going to be coming out soon. That's fantastic. And I'm, I'm today I'm designing the album cover. I'm, I want like a stained glass pride flag, like one mm. of the new pride flags with the trans marks on it too. You know what I mean? Not yeah. not the old school, like the most updated pride flag in a stained glass window. That's like that to me can give some hope and shine a light for anyone who has church hurt, anyone who is recovering, anyone who has ever thought that the way they are is not okay, that God doesn't love them, that these songs may pave the way and be like, hey, you're not alone. Other people feel like this too. And like you're made precisely the way God intended you to be. Yeah, yep. So these, these songs are for that and, and for folks who maybe miss singing and equate church singing with God and have confusion in their systems that how can I, how can both of these things be okay? I know a lot of folks who miss 
who who have renounced their faith or have given up, yeah. you know, God because of church hurt, because of being raised in a shitty church environment that did not was not accepting and inclusive of who they really are, and thinking that they have to give up singing and praising because of that. And what I want to illuminate is a third path that's no, you don't. You do not have to give up praising God. You do not have to give up singing in groups. That is 1000% still available to you. And you also like, you don't need to bring in the non-inclusive part. Just, I know it's easier said than done, but it is possible to separate those. It is possible to untangle that and praise God with all your might and be gay as you fucking want to be. Yep. Yes. Yep. Not it just exists, possible. I think possible. that I think that it's well, necessary right for for total healing. Necessary. It's necessary. Absolutely. So they're when, not the same thing. How? Because I mean, I I look at like you know, let's. I'm trying to come up with all the fucking metaphors that I can right now, or the, <laughs> the analogies. I always get the two confused. But like with Paul on the road to D- Damascus, having this revelation of the divine. Where was your journey to the bathhouse with the flog? Uh, where you, <laughs> where you, you had this this moment. We back like, to the blogger. We got back to the. But <laughs> I've already added it to my list to run into the sex shop this weekend and, and purchase one and be like, yeah. where's? Uh, excuse me, ma'am. Do you have a, a, a bison flog? Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but seriously, I mean, how what, did it? Was it a sexual encounter that you was so great that you that you felt that connection and thought I want to replicate this, or was it just something that you constantly were searching in every partner you had to be like, you're not hitting that spiritual g-spot spiritual g-spot thank you i really attribute that element in particular to um a beautiful gathering called touch and play that still continues to this day that i taught at for a number of years i would bring voice voice workshops and song to this event and it's there's there's dance there's there's kink there's exploration of eros there's permission to explore it's hard even to to describe or define if you if anyone listening is interested touchandplay.org i believe is their site um please put that in the show notes there i will it really changed my life and to me it opened up i i i do attribute it to that gathering and the people and the the facilitators who so who made a safe container where I felt permission to explore in ways that maybe were not accessible with a lover, one-on-one partner. Hmm. And I happened to receive a flogging on one of the last days of the first, you know, I attended many of these events, but this was years ago. This was like five years ago. And I felt my cells come alive upon being hit on the back of the heart by someone who I had grown trust with over the, Hmm. over the course of the event. And that's I make felt, sure you hit that again. That's because that's an, the most important aspect from what I'm understanding is that trust. Oh, absolutely. If if there's an and <laughs> to me that's a prerequisite. Yeah, 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 you, yeah. You don't go into a scene with a complete stranger. You have to have that visceral sense of trust, or else no one's going to have a good time, and it gets really mucky and can lead to a lot of confusion yeah. and a lot of damage. Trauma, so it's yeah. I mean, it's tricky territory, but it, to me, it's a place to refine one's intuition that if you get a hit that someone is not going to be a good dom for you, don't push it. Yeah. Like be, be firm in your sacred no. And if they ask and you're not into it, no. It Did you just say thing. on your sacred no? Correct. That is such an interest. That's tell you what you, I'm just like, 
you you're just blowing my mind today. The sacred <laughs> no. I'm gonna. That is that is not my term. I do not know, you know, where the origin of sacred yes and sacred no came from. I don't know if it has was from a particular lineage or teacher, but all I right. know is that it has been those the concept of that has presented itself numerous times in, in different events that I've attended and um, just in conversation that there is any time there is a yes in your spirit or in your body, that that is sacred. Hmm. Anytime there is a no, I don't want to say especially around sex because it's applicable to everything, but in a way, yes, especially sex where your sacred yes is like, yes, I want you to fuck me now. Hmm is is holy and that like no i'm not ready for that that is holy that they both that honoring them speaking to them literally giving voice to them and that's part of voice doula work as well is is not just thinking it not just using your body language but using your actual god-given voice to communicate a yes or a no spiritual consent spiritual consent Yes. So do you, uh, do you know Jackie Velasquez, the, the Christian singer from the late nineties, early two thousands? You see, you're, you're just schooling me today too. I need to, I, I got homework to do. I, I, love, do I love some CCM music. Um, she has, a, she had a song that was like probably her most well-known song called I get on my knees. And it's like, <laughs> I get on my knees. I get on my knees here. I stand before the Lord who changes me. Uh, but you, you gotta look it up. Cause I use this song now as a gift uh, to friends, but you know, about sexual situations. Yeah. And, this, and this leads me to my, our final question for this, for today's conversation. Cause you're coming right. back. Um, Cause this is exactly right. the conversation okay. that I want this podcast to be about. Not safe for work. <laughs> Um, but definitely safe for your soul. <laughs> Not safe for work. <laughs> um, usually I, I ask, if the divine were standing before you today, what would you say? But with you, I want to say, if the divine were standing before you, what would you do? Get close. Breathe with them. Listen. Attune to their frequency. You know, I think, you know, as I imagine the scenario right now, I think I wouldn't know until I get there, but that's the whole fucking point is that I'm already there and we are all already there. That it's not a moment in the future, that that moment is literally right now. Mm. So there's an element of breath. There's an element of like slowing down. To me, that's where the heat, that's where the hot is. Cause I'm like, I would want to fuck, but not in the carnal sense, in the sense of, wow, you're right in front of me. Yeah. And behold, behold is the word behold and see what unfolds from the beholding. Come on, Sandy Patty. We shall behold him. Come on. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, tag. Yeah. I'm gonna tag all these fucking gospel singers in do this it, podcast, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, some you know, sweet gay boys coming around to the Lord right now," and they're gonna be like, "God damn, how are they gonna use my song to talk about fucking?" These, this is why they don't want us to get married. <laughs> oh my god, that's. A, I'm gonna sit with that question. You know, thank thank you for that because that that's the whole beautiful point is that that moment is every moment. Hmm. You're, We're never not in that moment. You're right. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. 
KJ, what a fucking pleasure it's been to talk to you. I, I mean, this has just been the what a great start to my weekend. Because every weekend, and I mean, and it's not happened in a while, but every weekend I do manifest getting laid. And this Good weekend, for you. if I'm gonna get laid, it's gonna be there's gonna be a conversation about look how spiritually deep yeah. are you willing to go with this right now? Because uh, yes. That's where the fulfillment is. Because I just had a, real an hour-long coaching session with KJ Song, and we're about we're about to unite and connect to the divine. So get ready. <laughs> you know, it's to me, it's less about getting your dick wet, and I say that as a non-binary person, I have my spirit dick. It's yep. more about getting your soul wet. It's like oh, wet God, God. Is way more important than getting my dick wet. It's more oh, satisfying. It means y'all, more. Y'all, y'all, y'all. If I'm spirit. about to throw a shoe at you, and y'all couldn't see, <laughs> but but when KJ just said that, I literally leaned my chair up against the wall because I just got overcome. <laughs> C-U-M. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, God of Mary. Uh, this, Bless you. KJ, I want to oh thank God. you. Listen, this is, a, this is such a fun opportunity. I, I have been waiting for an opportunity to really speak to this with someone who I feel understands. So thank God for what you're doing. You mm. are, you are on a mission and to, for the bravery and the time that you have put in, I honor that. And I thank you for following through and listening because God you. has said, do this. I, you know, it's funny cause I, this whole show is about killing God basically. Yeah. Um, and yet after two seasons now, it's turned into me being able to recognize the real God and shut yeah. out the cloud of what the, the way I was brought up um, purported God to be. You get to define God. Yep, yep. God is you. God is me. God is my dog right. Porter. God is Definitely. my lemon tree outside, my tomatoes that I used on my avocado toast, this microphone, mainly because it's phallic, but still. Um, I, <laughs> Let's be real. Right. Uh, KJ, I cannot wait to talk to you again, uh, but also yeah. I need you to come over and jam. So so we've okay. got to figure that out. Cause, we'll do it. Oh my God. Because I, I, I'm the one that plays for all my friends. Like they just pick songs and I play them. But I need someone who can, like, we can do it together. And, like, yeah, are you the jukebox? I'm the jukebox in my friend group. Like, I'll I pick out the chords the and, like, I get, let's be jukebox together, baby. Oh, it's so exhausting to be the jukebox sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the drama. I know. Oh my God, KJ, I'm so excited to get to know you in person sometime. Um, enjoy Topanga. We're going to figure it out. Thank you for being here. I love you so much. Uh, and you. thank you for expanding my hole, my butthole, uh, my everything yes. today. Butthole, so, expansion, spirit expansion. Amen. Thank spiritual you. expansion. <laughs> I oh my god if you know if there is a hell and it is the way that it was taught to me I'm probably going there after this episode we're gonna have fun we're yeah, gonna we party hell yes yeah. hell yes <laughs> KJ have a good weekend and I'll see you soon okay yeah, sounds good alright bye and all the people say game in Y'all, the Fagnostic Podcast is up for the Best Queer Podcast with the People's Choice Podcast Awards, and it would mean the world to me if you went and voted for the show. You can find the link on our Instagram. All you got to do is register, vote, and then unsubscribe if you so choose. So thank y'all for listening to another episode of the Fagnostic Podcast hosted by me, Matt Hayes. You can find me at matthayes.com, that's M-A-T-H-A-Y-E-S.com, or on just the millennial socials at Hayes on it. H-A-Y-E-S on it. Please go subscribe, review, and share this podcast. And in the meantime, have a blessed day and peace be with all y'all. Hi, Michael Spicer here. Matt Hayes forgot to put my name in the credits of his podcast as the composer, but I'm here to tell you that I wrote the music 
for his podcast. Whatever the f- it's called, I don't know. 